Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, this is episode 55 of Intuitive Bites. Today I'm chatting with Lindsay Kite from Beauty Redefined. So if you don't already follow them on Instagram, their content is all absolutely amazing. Um, They constantly are putting out content that um, really clicks difficult concepts into place. Um, They're very clear and concise, Uh, but basically a lot of their content centers around um, objectification of women in media. Uh, I'll let Lindsay talk a little bit more to that, but really, really interesting stuff. So the reason I invited Lindsay on the podcast is because uh, I was really just um, impacted, I guess, by the post that her and Lexi made about the Super Bowl halftime show. So obviously after the Super Bowl halftime show, um, there were lots of opinions out there, lots of, lots of people making posts. Um, and you know, there was a lot of conflict over, uh, whether the halftime show was empowering or objectifying. Um, and I personally had a really hard time kind of formulating an opinion around this. Um, I felt myself like having an opinion, but then having a different conflicting opinion, and I just couldn't figure out where I actually stood. So when I saw a post um, that Beauty Redefined made about this, it, again, totally clicked things into place for me um, and really resonated. So I'm going to let Lindsay speak a little bit more to that, but we we talk all about the post on this episode, and we also just talk about um, more generally like what objectification is um, and how it harms women people. So really awesome conversation. Before we dive into that, just want to let you guys know that I do have my online courses available. They're all self-paced. So if you're interested in learning more about intuitive eating or, you know, generally like food freedom, including stuff like body image and health at every size, um, you can check out those courses. Also, if you're a professional and you're looking for guidance with working with these concepts with clients, because yeah, that's a tough transition for sure. Um, I have an anti-diet approach for professionals course. Um, and that course also includes Brianna Campos, um, who talks on body image during that. So really awesome content. If, if that's the boat that you're sitting in. Okay, guys, that is all I have for you. So let's go ahead and listen to my conversation with Lindsay. All right, Lindsay, super excited that you are joining me here today. I would love if you just took a second to share who you are and a little bit about the work that you do. Sure. So I'm Lindsay Kite. I am one half of the team behind Beauty Redefined, which is a nonprofit that was started in 2009. I started it with my identical twin sister, Lexi Kite, and we started it as just a little blog. It turned into speaking engagements all over the U.S., Um, We do a lot on social media, especially on Instagram. 
Um, we've been running our blog for 10 years. And we teach people how to recognize and reject harmful messages about bodies in media and culture. So our whole focus through our PhD research is basically recognizing how objectification works, the harms that can have on people, and then how to really work our way out of that focus on being fixated on appearance to the detriment of the rest of our lives. Oh, so amazing. And also, I just want to say that I like absolutely adore the work that you guys put out there on Instagram, especially because that's where I found you. Um, but it's just like such powerful information and the way that you guys put the information out there and like actually articulate it. I think it hits home for so many people. Um, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And so the thing that I kind of want to talk to you about today, which perfectly aligns with what I just said, was that was the post that you had made about the Super Bowl halftime show, um, you know, with, with Shakira and J-Lo and the post mm -hmm. that you guys had put out there on this. For me personally, like reading it was super helpful. I mean, I was reading lots of different content kind of with people's responses to the show. And yeah. I don't know, your response just like totally resonated. So I'm super excited to, to dig into that a little bit more. Um, okay. I would love if you could just like share maybe your initial thoughts on it like before I guess like when you you first had seen it or whatever like what were yeah. what were your initial thoughts sure well I approach everything through the mindset of basically a media researcher a scholar um of course I watch everything things like this for fun I'm big on all the dumb trash tv reality tv whatever mm -hmm. so I, I think a lot of women when we watch things like this we are split bet between two perspectives especially when you're feminist and kind of critical you recognize um some of the things that can be harmful but i'm also just like a 33 year old woman who loves uh entertainment and pop culture and so when i watched the super bowl I recognized all those songs I was singing along. It was super fun. I wasn't like fuming at what I was seeing, but the reaction to that just went so big, especially in um, all the forums that I was involved in where people just seem to be so split down the line in such black and white perspectives. It was either the most empowering, wonderful thing they've ever seen. People are in tears or it was disgusting and embarrassing and those women need to put some clothes on and get off the TV and get your kids out of the room. And so we had people just like coming out of the woodwork saying to me and Lexi, especially messaging us through Beauty Redefined saying, will you please weigh in on this? I'm having a hard time reconciling my thoughts about this. Um, so can you weigh in? And this is just so squarely within our wheelhouse. What we do is entirely about objectification and a lot about empowerment. And so when we recognize both parts in that Super Bowl performance, I think we just felt really compelled to speak up and say, maybe it's not that black and white. Maybe it is a little bit of both empowering and objectifying. And in some ways, when we're talking about, especially the Super Bowl, the biggest televised performance of the year, we have to recognize that women have to abide by certain rules in order to qualify to be selected for a performance like that. And so that's not um, disregarding their talent and skill and their incredible performances or their cultural heritage and how important it is that um, they're representing um, a group of people that we rarely see represented in mainstream media. But it does allow us to kind of look at the nuances and, and see the double standard that exists between men and women and what it takes to be able to be featured at the Super Bowl. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's super interesting. And I guess I, I want to, um, 
back up a little bit because I am, I guess I want to like, uh, put out there a little bit, like some of the commentary that, that was kind of being said on both mm-hmm. sides or on all the sides from like what people were seeing and, and people's reactions. And you, you pointed out a couple of them, you know, I certainly like heard things like, you know, like, wow, like that was, you know, basically like a strip show. Like I, I, I can't let my kids watch it, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Were there other, uh, what other commentary I guess were you seeing in response to, to the show? Well, really what we saw fell into those two categories. I didn't really see any nuance in what people were saying. Um, people really loved it because they're representing this part of Latina culture that we don't see very often. And these two women have been around forever. And so it was really cool to see them together on one stage with all of their hits and even representing some like um, more cultural traditions in, in the ways they dance and, and the ways they were singing that were really cool. And so people found that to be really exciting. Um, and I think that's a big part of the reason behind the the talk of it being so empowering and uplifting and all of that. But it's also because there was some really cool political commentary in there um, about, you know, what's happening at the border and um, the marginalization of uh, Latinas. And so that was inspirational to people. But then on the other side, of course, um, a lot of, especially it seems like parents speaking out and saying, I was so embarrassed for my children to be in the room. Um, A lot of what some people call slut shaming. So that's not my term. And I am certainly not calling those women that, but that is, um, that's what was really coming up a lot in the social media response to it among people who might be considered a little bit more conservative. And so there just was this huge divide in how people were receiving it. And I think people who are kind of feminist minded might've watched it and maybe they were a little offended or maybe they didn't want their husbands or their children or um, their partners to see it. And so they were kind of grappling with how do I justify this? And am I wrong for having mixed feelings about it? Yeah, that, that resonates for sure. Yeah. The other thing, one of the things I saw, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. I'm not sure if you saw it, but there was kind of this comparison to the, you know, the NFL cheerleaders and like their clothing. Yeah. So like, what are your thoughts on that? Oh yeah. Um, A lot of people were, that was kind of in response to the people who were saying, how dare they wear so little on the stage in the middle of this family friendly show. And so then people were saying, um, okay, have you seen what the cheerleaders have to wear? Like this has never been a family friendly experience if you're going to judge it by what the women are wearing. So yeah, I thought that was really interesting. We also had a lot of people say, well, how could you speak up about this if you don't also speak up about cheerleading? But little do they know, we do also speak up about the double standards and what women have to wear in all kinds of sports and especially dance related activities. So yeah, it's a double standard for sure. Yes, for sure. And then the other, the one other thing that I saw, which I thought was interesting was the comparison. So people, you know, kind of talking about the show being like over sexualized and like the comparison to like Adam Levine, you know, taking off his shirt. No one said a damn thing about that. Yeah, exactly. It's true. There was a lot about that, mostly kind of making fun of the women who were um, saying that it was too sexy. Right. One thing that we pointed out from that is like um, the expectations for men and women are so different where if you look at the big picture of all the women who have performed at the Super Bowl, especially in the last 20 years, you can see that, oh, I don't know, 95% of them are extremely sexualized, wearing very little clothing, um, dancing in really similar ways. Um, but for the men, they're almost entirely fully clothed. And so that one Adam Levine performance really stands out. 
but it's also not representative of any like systemic pressure that men face to have to sexually arouse audiences in order to qualify to be on the stage. Um, And so, yeah, it stands out because he was taking off his shirt, but it wasn't an expectation of him. You know, it wasn't anything he had to do to be accepted, to be able to be on that stage. It was just a choice of his. Yeah, the statistics you you had too in that that post were were super interesting. There were there was a lot in there. Um, so right now, I just actually want to just read like the the quote from the main image that you had, and then hopefully just like have you expand a little bit more about what else was in that post. Um, so I'm just gonna read the quote. So you you guys said uh, Shakira and J Lo's halftime performance wasn't either empowering or objectifying. It was both. It had to be both. For women, it has always been both. It's the nature of the game. Um, so, so powerful. Love that so much. Um, can you just continue to expand on, on that a little bit more? Yeah, thank you. We were trying to just find a simple way to put out there what we felt about this that wasn't as divisive as what so many other people were um, seeing it as and treating it as. And so we took this perspective where Um, we want to not just look at this one specific performance because it's certainly not just an issue with Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. This is a long-term cultural double standard. And so we took this perspective of zoom in and you'll see these two incredible performers. Um, They're at the top of their game. They also represent women over 40 and Jennifer Lopez is 50. And so this is something that is like kind of exciting and rare. You never see women over 40 um, represented in really positive ways, but also in really sexy ways. And so people found that to be um, empowering and exciting. And so we can certainly see like all the really powerful cultural and social and political um, connotations of their performance. But when you zoom out and you look in particular at the last 20 years of Super Bowl halftime shows, you'll see that all of the performers on that stage every single year, men and women, they were all chosen because they're at the top of their game. They're incredible performers. They have huge audiences, um, incredible talent. But when you look specifically at the differences between the men and the women, you'll see that the women also 95% of the time fit these really specific ideals about what it means to look like a sexy woman. Um, On average, they're 10 years younger than the men and really much younger than that when you look at um, the bands, like all those bands from the 60s and 70s where the men are now in their 50s, 60s and 70s while they're performing versus the Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, you know, all these like 19 to 25 year old young women. And so there is this double standard that exists in the ways men and women have to present themselves in order to be selected, um, not just for the Super Bowl, but for the music industry and the larger entertainment industry in general. And so it's important for us to really take this broader perspective and see the big picture rather than just saying, ooh, JLo and Shakira, why would you do that? Um, Or saying, yay, everything they've done is so empowering. And instead look at the cultural expectations that women have to live up to in order to find themselves in this type of a spotlight, um, both for positive and for negative. You know, obviously these are two incredibly beautiful, attractive women who are incredible dancers and singers, but that doesn't take away from their talent. It is a necessary counterpart to it. And we have to recognize that. It's not a criticism of us to say that one of the reasons they're on that stage is because they look that way. It's just a necessary ideal that women have to live up to in order to get to the height of their fame like that. 
Yeah, so fascinating when it's when it's framed that way. Um, so this is like, I guess I want to shift a little bit and ask like kind of a very general question, but it like is so fitting, I think, for you you to respond to. So I guess like, w- could you define and like explain a little bit about like what is objectification of women? Oh, sure. Uh, and how does it harm women? Yeah, that's a really important question. I think there are a lot of misperceptions about what objectification means. Um, and what we know from research is that objectification is the act of viewing someone as an object. So you are perceiving someone, um, especially women in our culture, as a little bit less than human, and you're evaluating them on their parts. So overwhelmingly, what we see in our media culture is sexual objectification of girls and women. And so that's when we view and represent women as sexual objects for somebody else's pleasure, enjoyment, consumption, whether that's visual or physical. And when we are exposed to so many representations of women who are um, being prominently displayed for their sexual attractiveness, both in terms of how they appear, you know, they fit all these really sexual ideals of being extremely thin yet curvy, curves in all the right places, but no cellulite, no stretch marks, no gray hairs, no stray hairs, no acne, you know, all the things that a lot of just regular bodies happen to have. We don't see those. What we're seeing is not realistic. It's this highly sexualized ideal. Um, And most prominently from a sexualized male perspective, And so we see um, images of women that are from this male perspective through the look of the camera. And by that, I mean, literally the lens of the camera where it points on a woman's body. And that's in media that's geared toward women, but also media that's geared toward men, made for men. You'll see cameras panning up and down women's bodies, zooming in on their parts, watching them from behind. Um, Dialogue will revolve around how those women appear and how sexually appealing they are, um, especially to other characters in the dialogue or in the room. And a lot of the focus will be on how those women appear and um, the pleasure they bring to other people. This sexual objectification is really harmful because it teaches us, including very young girls, to view and evaluate our own bodies according to how others perceive them, and particularly how sexy others perceive them. So this has a lot of really negative effects, as you can imagine. When we are evaluating and judging ourselves based on how how we think other people see us um, and how we think other people, um, how sexually attractive we think other people think we are, then we end up distracting and draining ourselves without even knowing it. Because part of our mental and physical energy is dedicated to keeping our clothes in place, sucking our stomachs in, um, posing in such a way when you're sitting in a room full of people or um, speaking to a group or raising your hand in a board meeting, we are making sure that we look pleasing at all times. And this is this is a detriment to all of us because we, in general, we don't even know it's happening. It's something that's so invisible, but it's also something that most men don't experience. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's normal for us yet. um, We don't recognize how it's holding us back. Yeah. It's exhausting. And it's like, you're right. Like it's so ingrained that we don't even realize that it's exhausting. It's just like part of our existence. And it makes me think of 
um, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, like, even just, like, the whole, like, selfie thing, or, like, even just, like, yeah. the obsession with, like, how you look in pictures, right? So, like, if, like, I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm sitting normally in a room, and, like, a picture is taken of me, like, obsessing over, oh, my God, what if that's, like, an awful picture of me, or, yeah. or just, like, trying to get the perfect selfie, because you're, the object of your face, like, needs to appear oh, yeah. a certain way. Yes, that is such a new phenomenon too. That's something we've explored a little bit. We actually have a really old post called um, selfies or self-objectification. Wow. Um, and so, and we ended up kind of coining this little term selfie objectification because this whole phenomenon of having your own personal device where you can look at your face and where it's so accepted and expected that you will take pictures and videos of your own face regularly and keep them for yourself or share them with people, it creates this whole new um, way that we view ourselves that no one did up until, what, 15, 20 years ago? Like, we didn't have a way to take pictures of our own faces unless we were using a digital camera and getting the film exposed later, you know, 30 years ago. That's so, wild. Yeah. Angle. yeah. And it creates this self-objectification where we are imagining how we appear all the time. And that leads us to feel shame about how we appear because what we're comparing ourselves to is always going to be an unrealistic ideal that is designed to cause us to buy products and services. Wow. So crazy. So there's yeah. so many layers. <laughs> right. It's um, huge. <laughs> so Lindsay, I guess I want to, I want to start wrapping up here and have you just give any tips or advice to someone who like is listening to this conversation and feels like it's just like hitting home in a lot of different ways. Like how can they learn more? Like just what, what advice do you have for them in this moment? Yeah. Well, that's a huge question and I could talk about it for a year, but <laughs> I'll try to give you some headlines here based on what we've talked about. So one of the most important things is recognizing the ways that these unrealistic ideals and objectification in our culture has seeped into our own perceptions of ourselves and of other people. And so we have to really sit back, recognize, and reflect on how that has played a role in our lives. So really think about it. Are you conscious all the time or in certain situations of how you appear? Are you constantly thinking about how big your thighs or your stomach or your face looks? Are you holding yourself back from physical activity or social situations because you don't like how you appear? Maybe you're not going up for promotions or um, staying in an unhealthy relationship just because you he accepts you or she accepts you. And so why would you think that anyone else would and you need to stay there? It really has negative repercussions when we are um, feeling negatively about our bodies and thinking so consistently about how we appear. So think about when that is happening, recognize what sparks it. One of those things might be the media we're exposing ourselves to. Social media is a really huge force in that. So if you find that you're following a lot of ultra beautiful people with a lot of focus on body centric content, really take a moment to take inventory of that. And I recommend unfollowing, muting, or hiding some of those people. You don't have to like unfriend them in real life. Just give yourself a break from it. And if that's too hard, delete the apps altogether and go on a media fast. It will help you resensitize yourself to the things that are hurting you and the things that are unrealistic. So you can look people eye to eye, face to face, and see what the real world um, really looks like and feels like to be able to recognize that the way you appear doesn't really control how you feel. 
it doesn't really control your level of happiness or success or anything else. We have to challenge those ideas wherever they come from, whether it's through social media, um, through family, friends, whatever. We need to try to escape these ideals that are holding so much power over us and just really challenge those beliefs that we have in our minds. Um, the other thing I would really recommend is trying to shift your perspective to think about your body as an instrument, not an ornament. So this is kind of our big beauty redefined mantra that we've been trying to put out into the world for the last 10 years. When you think about your body as an instrument for your use, it becomes something that isn't solely valuable for how it appears. Instead, you turn your focus to how you feel, what you can do, and what you can experience. It's a, a tool for your use and benefit, not for anyone else to admire. An ornament is just something to be looked at, but we are so much more than that. Women are more than just bodies. And when we can see more in ourselves, then we can actually be more and make choices that reflect that. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for all you've shared. We've like packed so much in this like <laughs> little episode and I, that's what I love. Like, so I really appreciate everything you brought to this. That was fantastic. <laughs> Thank um, you so much. Yeah. Could you please share with people where they can find your work and Lexi's work and, and just everything you guys are working on together? Sure. Yeah. So we are actually in the midst of um, working on a book that will be published next January. So it's a year from now, but um, pre-promotions and all that will start in a few months. The book is called More Than a Body. Um, and the subhead is our little mantra. Your body is an instrument, not an ornament. Um, but you can find out all about that philosophy and what we've been doing since 2009 um, on Instagram at beauty underscore redefined. Um, you can find us on the web at beautyredefined.org. We're also on Facebook. On Facebook, we mostly just repost stuff from Instagram. So really, those are the two big platforms for us. Awesome. Thank you. I'm super excited about the book, too. That sounds amazing. Oh, thanks. thanks We're excited, so too. <laughs> okay, thanks again. Great. Thank you. All right, guys, that is episode 55. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more from Lindsay and her sister Lexi at Beauty Redefined, you can find them on Instagram at beauty underscore redefined or on their site at beautyredefined.org. Also super excited for their book to be coming out. Um, that's going to be awesome as well. So look out for that. Um, and then as I mentioned at the beginning, if you um, are interested in learning more about intuitive eating or the anti-diet approach or just overall food freedom, I do have self-paced online courses to help you with that. Um, so you can just go to the link in my bio and Instagram, click that and it'll it'll bring you to where you need to be to, to order those courses. Um, and then finally, if you've made it to the end of this episode and you've been listening to my podcast for a while, um, I'd highly appreciate you taking a moment to give a rating or a review on iTunes. Um, it just helps this podcast get out to more people. Um, so I'd very much appreciate that. I hope you guys have an awesome week and I'll talk to you soon.